You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thank you for joining us on a Thursday edition of the show. A lot to get to like usual. Some news coming out from the BYU basketball program involving an injury that will sideline one of the guys I was very high on going into this coming season. We'll talk about that, how Wyatt Lowell's injury will impact the BYU roster as they get ready for the upcoming season. Also need to get to our player countdown series, the best Cougars to have worn the number 42. Who is the best Cougar to have worn that number? We'll get to that. And we'll also catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Big congratulations to Lorenzo Fawatea is in order. We'll get to all of that on today's podcast. It's all brought to you in part today by our good friends over at rockauto.com, as well as our good friends at Biomat USA. We'll tell you about both of those companies here in just a little bit. Now, with that rundown out of the way, let's get to it here. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast for July 23rd, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for downloading your original daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. This is your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you need to know about each and every day in podcast form, as well as passing along insider information that you will not find anywhere else. So make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button so you never miss an episode of this podcast. All right, kicking off today's show, news coming out yesterday, and Wyatt Lowell, uh, BYU forward on the BYU men's basketball team, actually kind of taking the news into his own hands, announcing via his social media on Instagram in particular that he was set to undergo surgery yesterday for a torn labrum that he had injured last week in practice, and he would be undergoing surgery yesterday, and then obviously looking towards getting back on the court in due order, saying that he expected to be back with his teammates as soon as possible. Obviously, just on its head, this is not a good injury for BYU because a guy like Wyatt Lowell, who was the WAC freshman of the year during his freshman campaign at Utah Valley University before transferring to BYU and sitting out this past year, you were expecting him to come in and really, I think, man that three spot, maybe play the four a little bit for BYU and be a big part of BYU's rotation this coming season. The interesting part about all of this is last year, obviously, Gavin Baxter suffered a similar injury that happened in late September. He underwent surgery in October, and he healed extremely quickly and was able to make it back in time in February. So it was like, what, a three-month period of recovery for him? Back on the court and gave up a year of eligibility to play in seven games before the season was shut down. The NCAA tournament was canceled, etc. So currently, if you look at the... Uh, timeline for a guy like Wyatt Lowell, of course, getting injured in July, getting injured is never convenient, first off, but him getting injured in July should allow him more time to make sure he's fully healthy and get back on the roster with BYU, in theory, by the time conference play probably rolls around in December, late December, early January. Usually these labor injuries are a four to six month recovery by most uh, reports that I've read. Gavin Baxter beat the odds. He was back in, what, three, three and a half months, so he beat the odds. He was on the low end of the spectrum. But even if you have six months here, that means January is when Wyatt Lowell returns fully healthy for BYU, 
and then re-enters the rotation. So I look at it, and we've talked about this previously on the podcast, that BYU had a glut of big men on this year's roster that they didn't have a year ago. You think of guys like Richard Harward, uh, Matt Harms transferring in. You already had Kobe Lee on the roster, Gavin Baxter, who we already mentioned. There's so many guys, big men on this roster that you were wondering, okay, where are all the minutes going to come from? Wyatt Lowell at six foot ten, he's listed at 205 pounds, is more of a guard than he is a forward, in my opinion. He's going to play that three, that wing position for the Cougars, or was going to play that position. So I wasn't necessarily counting him as a guy who's going to play heavy minutes at the four and five spot. But I think with Wyatt Lowell's injury, this actually might help BYU really figure out the rotations early on during the season this coming fall slash winter. And by the time that he returns and is ready to return to the roster, you kind of understand what you already have along your front court. And then also Wyatt Lowell, by extension, will know where he needs to fit in in BYU's lineup. So it actually could be almost a a benefit to the BYU basketball program to have had this happen. And like I said, that sounds awful considering you don't ever want to see a young man get injured, but this will allow BYU, I think, to really figure out what's going on in their front court. As it stands right now, the way I look at it and the way I've been talking with some people around the BYU basketball program is that the starting four and five spots for BYU currently at four is going to be Matt Harms at seven foot three, 250 pounds. And then he'll be joined by Richard Harwood at 6'11", well, almost 260 pounds in his own right. So you're talking a lot of length and brawn in the front court for BYU. Will they be able to work in tandem against high-level competition? We're going to find out. But I think the nice part is, is currently it looks like BYU's got two different tandems in their front court with, I said, Harms and Harward kind of being the starting guys, it looks like, on paper right now. And then Gavin Baxter teaming up with Kobe Lee as their backups of those positions. You obviously lose some size when you put in Gavin Baxter and Lee, who are both listed at six foot nine, but the sheer length and ability, the leaping ability of Gavin Baxter makes up for the fact that he's six inches shorter than a guy like Matt Harms at the four spot, so he should be, be able to make that up. So I like what BYU's front court is shaping up to be. My biggest question, Mark, and I think I'm not alone in this, is looking at it and saying, okay, can Matt Harms and Richard Harward coexist offensively and defensively together? Can they be able to guard their respective positions, but also work together in concert in the post on offense? Because both these guys, like I said, big bodies, both 250 pounds plus. Will they be able to run the run the floor with their teammates and show what they can do? It's a big question mark, and I'm not sure we'll ultimately get all of the answers right away. But like I said, you don't want to see a guy like Wyatt Lowell get injured because I've been extremely high on him. I think Wyatt Lowell has an unlimited amount of game that really could help BYU, but his injury will slow him, and he'll obviously be able to sit on the bench, really learn what's going on with BYU early on in the season, see the rotations, kind of see where BYU might be a little bit deficient, and then get his opportunity once he's cleared to return to action and know what he needs to do to impact the, the basketball program at BYU. The biggest winner in all of this, by the way, in terms of playing time, might be the incoming freshman, Caleb Lohner. He's been uh, spotted on campus, obviously working out with uh, his teammates. Earlier this week, the NCAA allowed coaching staffs to begin working with their student-athletes in terms of men's and women's basketball, so they've been on the court working out. And Wyatt Lowell's injury is going to give a guy like Caleb Lohner more minutes than he may have expected early on as a true freshman. I'm telling you this much. I expect Caleb Lohner to be a part of the rotation right away at BYU, and I don't see any reason why he can't contribute at a 
fairly decent level. I think he could play maybe 10 to 15 minutes a game, and you can expect to get points, rebounds, and even some assists out of him. I think he's got that level of game coming out of the high school ranks. Not a lot of freshmen have that, but I think this young man does, and it will be interesting to see how BYU kind of juggles things to get the right rotations in place because the rotation for BYU on paper could go very deep this year. I'm just not sure how deep Mark Pope is comfortable going, if that makes sense. Is he comfortable having 10 guys in his rotation? Does he want it tightened up to eight and just tell the two other guys maybe that have the quality and say, you know what, I have to shorten the rotation. It's just how I operate. I don't know the answer to that, but my hope is that those 10 guys or whoever, however many guys make up that rotation, they make it extremely hard on Mark Pope and his staff to be able to say, you know what, we need to keep this guy in the rotation. Whereas if you falter a little bit, maybe they take you out of the rotation. So in a way, Wyatt Lowell's injury, I think, is actually going to help BYU, but it's unfortunate for the young man because, as I said, he's missed already a whole entire season uh, playing in college basketball. He's an older kid having served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints right out of high school. So obviously he doesn't want to waste much more time, but here's hoping he heals quickly and he can re-enter the conversation for playing time with the Cougars going forward. Coming up here in just a little bit, new numbers are out for the BYU men's basketball program. We'll recap the number changes for you here in just a minute. Before we get to that, we do need to touch on the best Cougars to have worn the number 42 in a BYU uniform. Our player countdown series to the college football season rolls on. We'll recap the best Cougars, the finalists, make our pick versus what you guys picked as the fans in our Player Countdown series. It's a daily feature, well, almost daily. Sometimes we forget to do it on the podcast. I won't admit, I will admit that, but we'll get to that here in a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at rockauto.com, guys. I've told you a lot about this company recently, but I tell you guys this much. rockauto.com is the best marketplace online for anybody looking for any parts for their car, truck, or SUV. I can promise you that. We have a pretty famous story about a stolen tailgate here on the podcast network. Maybe you've listened to some of the other shows. And guess what? Regardless of what your car needs, new tailgate. In my case, I needed a new door handle recently. If you need a new tail light, you need some new interior carpet, you need to replace the interior lights on your dashboard, whatever it might be, rockauto.com has all of those parts for the best prices. They're reliably low. And guess what? You can search by price. They have all the different parts that you need for your vehicle. You don't have to go to the auto parts store and say, hey, I need this. They tell you, well, I've got X, Y, and Z as your options. Well, guess what? You're not limited in terms of your options at rockauto.com, guys. Fantastic company. Been around for over 20 years online serving auto parts customers. You will not get a worse price than anybody else on rockauto.com. They're all straightforward and guess what it's all shipped directly to your door and you don't have to sign up for a membership there's even another benefit to it there's no membership that's required to get the prices that you'd get at rockauto.com check it out guys it's our good friends at rockauto.com amazing selection reliably low prices all of the parts your car truck or suv will ever need and i can promise you that one thing we need you to do though when you stop by rockauto.com Make sure to put locked in in the how did you hear about us box when you stop by. It lets them know that locked on podcast listeners, locked on Cougars listeners for this podcast are checking out their products. And guess what? I promise you guys, these products will revolutionize how you go about taking care of your car. So once again, that's our good friends at rockauto.com. Make sure to let them know that locked on Cougars sent you when you stop by. 
All right, guys, the Player Countdown series rolls on right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Obviously, we've been counting down this for, what, 58 days at this point. We were doing the 100-day countdown to BYU in Utah. Well, that game has been canceled, so maybe it'll be the countdown to BYU in Alabama. Who knows? Until that's official, I'm not going to go with that, but... Everything I've heard is that deal could be imminent and could come together at any point. So that's a fantastic option for BYU on their schedule. But we are counting down to college football for the Cougars. And we are 42 days away today. And of course, as we've been doing... On our Twitter feed, we've put together these groups of the four finalists for these respective numbers, the best Cougars to have worn those numbers and let you guys have your say via a fan vote on that. And let's run down the finalists today before we get to our results. Start off with former BYU running back slash linebacker Michael Elisa, a Timview alum, came to BYU and played, like I said, both positions at a high level for the Cougars. He is a finalist, former BYU forward Marty Lithgow, a member of the 1000 Point Club, played for the during the glory days of BYU basketball in the 1960s was part of the 1966 NIT championship team. Uh, he's on the list. Former BYU linebacker, do everything star Dana Wilgar, played for the Cougars in the 1970s. And then former BYU tight end Gabe Reed. So a great field of actually a lot of talent across multiple uh, eras of BYU football. We've got the 60s. We've got the 70s and 80s. We've got the 2000s and the 2010s, uh, even the ni- nine, early 2000s, excuse me. So a great list of finalists. It's actually one of the closer votes we've had in recent memory. Michael Elisa actually leading the voting with 37.9% of the poll as of recording of this podcast. Gabe Reed in second place with 31.8%. Dana Wilgar, 25.8%. And then Marty Lithgow coming up in the rear with 4.5%. And when I was doing my research on this, it really came down for me to looking at, okay, which player was more impactful in their BYU career? And it's between, for me, Michael Elisa and Dana Wilgar. I love Michael Elisa. I know him personally. I got to know him doing some different community events over the years. And I've got nothing but the utmost respect for Michael Elisa because his versatility on the football field was unmatched. To be able to seamlessly transition from playing linebacker to running back and then transition back to playing linebacker, all the while dealing with injuries and having to learn schemes on both the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. That's an impressive, impressive showing. But Mike, I know you're going to be mad at me. I opted for Dana Wilgar. Dana Wilgar was just a standout linebacker for the Cougars in the 1970s and just got it done. Put up monster numbers of tackles, etc. And I just couldn't go against it. And I, like I said, I apologize to Michael Elisa. He's probably not going to be happy with me if he hears this podcast. Mike, text me. We can go out to lunch. We can talk about it. I'm sure you'll berate me and maybe pummel me like a railroad spike into the ground, but hey, still a lot of fun. So my pick today as the best Cougar to award the number 42 is Dana Wilgar, but obviously you guys, I had I have the third place guy as my favorite in this, and Michael Elisa leading the voting, followed by Gabe Reed. I don't think you can go wrong with any four of these players. That's the fun part about this debate we've been having each and every day is we have a bunch of stars from different eras of their respective sports. We've had women's softball. We've had women's basketball. We've had men's basketball. Baseball is going to enter the fray at some point here. I'm sure women's basketball will still be back on the docket. Who knows what is going to come up? Women's volleyball, actually. Even think about the men's and women's volleyball athletes that could be on this list as well. So there's a lot of great athletes that we are going to continue to count down 
just 42 days away from the college football season kicking off here locally and looking forward to it. That's the biggest thing is I, I just look at this and I think, you know what? This has been a ton of fun to do. I'm enjoying doing it. I've had some people say that you need to keep doing it, Jig, even if you're considering giving it up. And I have considered giving it up because we're not sure when the college football season is ultimately going to kick off. But those of you that have reached out and said, hey, Jake, I love this. I love the debate each day. I love having my say on the fan vote. That's what makes it worth it for me. So we're going to continue on with the player countdown series today. And like I said, I may disagree with y'all. Today, I did. Dana Wilgar was my pick as the best Cougar to have worn the number 42, while the fans, by a narrow margin, picked Michael Elisa. Mike, he's the 1A, one one B to the one A for for Dana Wilgar for me today, and I and like I said, if Mike hears this, he's not going to be a very happy camper with me. But hey, I think we can move past this, Mike. I hope you, I hope we can. But we'll continue this on. Talk about number forty one tomorrow. Guys like Brian Kill will be in the mix on that. So some great players to come. Think about it. We've still got forty one days beyond this to talk about some of the greatest Cougars to have worn these respective numbers. I can tell you this much: as we get closer and closer to the end, where we get into the, maybe the team and even the single digits. I'm not sure if we're able to gonna j- just pick four finalists, but we'll see what we can do at that point. It's still just a lot of fun to do, and hopefully you guys enjoy it as much as I enjoy bringing it to you. A reminder for you guys before we uh, move on here to follow the show on social media, especially on Twitter, so you can weigh in with your fan votes on that, at Locked On Cougars. You can find us also on Facebook and Instagram at the same uh, thing. Just search out Locked On Cougars. You can follow along there. My personal Twitter feed, I retweet a lot of stuff with the podcast, etc. Feel free to follow me at Jacob C. Hatch. And as always, feel free to weigh in with your thoughts on the show at any point via email. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the address for that. All right, we will catch up on everything else we have going on in BYU sports news here in just a moment. Today's show, though, is brought to you in part by our good friends at Biomat USA. I've talked to you guys about this company because it's an important thing that they're requesting from our listeners right now, and that is that you donate plasma. The plasma that Biomat USA collects every day goes into life-saving medications and treatments that help out your fellow man. You would not believe the amount of different things that plasma goes into. But right now, especially, there's a critical, urgent need for plasma donations for all of those life-saving treatments, the all the different things that it goes into. But more importantly, on top of that, COVID-19. A lot of you guys, if you haven't been living under a rock, know exactly what I'm talking about. This pandemic, we're all trying to find the cure for this novel coronavirus. They want to see if they can nip it in the bud and keep most of us from getting the disease. A lot of us have gotten the disease. There's no doubt about it. You just got to look at the numbers each day. But right now, if you have convalescent plasma where you've had COVID-19 recovered from it, there's a special particular need for you to donate your plasma, and you can do so at Biomat USA. They want to look for antibodies in your plasma that might be able to help other people, myself included so far, fight off this virus or never get it in the first place. That's what Biomat USA and their parent company Griffles is doing right now. You can stop by Biomat USA anytime you want. 349 East University Parkway in Orem, right across the street from the University Mall. You know exactly where I'm talking about. The corner right there, big fives in the vicinity. Best Buy just behind it and the strip mall behind it. You know exactly where I'm talking about. If you know where the Sizzler is at, you're right on it. So stop by 349 East University Parkway in Orem. They're open all week long, Monday through Friday from the early morning to the late evening, 5 a.m. to 8 p.m. 
p.m. range, somewhere in there. Saturdays, they're open as well. So feel free to stop by, donate your plasma, help out your fellow man. And by the way, I have mentioned this already. I probably should have. They will compensate you for donating your plasma as well. The more you donate, the more you make in a month. It's a great way to put extra cash into your pocket while also helping out your fellow man. Check them out. That's our good friends at Biomat USA, 349 East University Parkway in Orem. Call them if you have any questions, 801-235-9800. Let them know that Locked On Cougar sent you when you stop by to donate that plasma. Once again, that's our good friends at Biomat USA, 801-235-9800, or check them out. Go visit them in person, 349 East University Parkway in Orem. That's Biomat USA. As I mentioned, I wanted to catch you guys up on the number of changes for the BYU men's basketball program. Their new uh, roster was revealed yesterday on BYUcougars.com. So some notable additions to the roster, obviously, with their new numbers. And also some changes amongst current players for the BYU men's basketball program. Let's get to those real quick. First off, senior guard Alex Barcelo, who were number four last year, will wear the number 13 as a senior this year. Brandon Averett, the graduate transfer from Utah Valley University, will wear the number four that Alex Barcelo vacated. Vacated. New incoming freshman Hunter Erickson off a of mission will wear the number zero. Gideon George, the junior college transfer from New Mexico Military College, will wear number five. Matt Harms, the big man himself, wears number three. Spencer Johnson, who's coming in from Salt Lake Community College, wearing the number 20. Caleb Lohner will wear number 33. Townsend Triple, the incoming walk-on freshman from the Boise area, number 24. And then also a graduate addition walk-on, Brandon War from Westminster College, where the number two while he sits out this upcoming season, barring him getting a waiver to play right away. He'll probably be eligible next season. So I wanted to run down those number changes for you guys. Some interesting ones. I think Barcelo and Averett, the most notable Barcelo moving numbers to allow Averett to have his respected number four jersey. But looking forward to seeing all these guys in BYU uniform in short order. And like I said, hopefully the injury to Wyatt Lowell isn't serious enough. And him wearing the number one is a great number, I think. It's, I think it's a, it's a unique number for a big man to wear the number one. So hopefully all these guys stay healthy outside of a guy like Wyatt Lowell. And like I said, I hope, I sincerely hope that he gets back onto the court in short order. And finally, our last note on today's podcast is a big congratulations to BYU junior defensive lineman Lorenzo Fawatea. I failed to note this earlier on in the week, but I should probably should have done so. But hey, a big congratulations to him nonetheless. He got engaged to his longtime girlfriend earlier this week. Actually, it might have been on Sunday when he did so. But a big congratulations to him and Chestina, if I'm not mistaken, is his new fiance's name. Longtime girlfriend. They've been together for a long time. If you follow them on social media, they do things together all of the time. And Lorenzo Fawatea, he is one of my favorite guys on the BYU football program. Always upbeat, always jovial, always happy to talk with the media. Has great thoughts when he is being interviewed by the media. But hey, it's cool to see him moving on in life, deciding, you know what? I want to grow up a little bit. I want to get married here. And hey, Marriage makes some guys, I think, better in football, while others, it distracts them. I'm guessing a guy like Lorenzo Fawatea, just knowing what I know about him, this is only going to make him a better football player. I respect any young man who is willing to take the plunge and get married while still being a student. I actually graduated and moved on and had been working in my career for a couple of years before I ultimately got married to my wife. 
everybody's story is different. But like I said, I have the utmost respect for these young men who play BYU sports at whatever different sport they're in. Because you have to balance school. You got to balance your sports demands. Obviously, your coaches are saying, you know what? You know, I don't just go on a date with your wife. That's not, that doesn't happen all the time. They require you to be there for a significant amount of hours beyond just your schoolwork. And then to add in a significant other who you're married to and you're trying to spend time with and build a relationship with, it, man, I don't envy those young men, but I also have the utmost respect for their ability to balance everything going on in their lives. It, it's truly impressive. And a big congratulations once again to Lorenzo Fawatea and his new fiance. Wishing you guys nothing but the best as you get ready for your upcoming wedding. Obviously, the upcoming football season very much in question. And hey, you cross each bridge as you come to it. You just kind of have to handle life that way. But once again, a huge and hearty congratulations to Lorenzo Fawatea on his engagement. And hey, looking forward to seeing how he does out on the football field this fall. And obviously have a new number one fan voting, rooting for him on the sidelines or up in the stands, I guess what we have to say. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of the podcast. Once again, a big thank you to all of you who have supported this show, even from the beginning. I think we're up into like the 550 range of episodes done to this point. This podcast actually next month reaches its two-year anniversary and a big thank you to all of you who have been along for the ride whether you fell off for a time and have jumped back on you just found the podcast recently i don't care when you join the podcast when you found the podcast a sincere thank you to all of you who support this show each and every day our podcast download numbers have never been stronger and it's a big credit to you guys and i appreciate your guys's feedback as always you guys let me know when you don't like something when you guys do like things it helps me really navigate what you guys want to hear each day on this podcast and a sincere thank you to all of you for your continued support of this podcast all right i will stop blathering on we will wrap this up of course we'll be back tomorrow a fan friday of course on the podcast interviews with you the fans if you'd like to be part of these going forward feel free to reach out on social media we'll be happy to put you on the rotation get you guys set up to join us in a future week we do these on fridays let you guys kind of have your thoughts shared about byu sports and it's just a ton of fun to do i have a great time with it it's one of my favorite podcasts to do each week and of course another one of those with you guys tomorrow the Willardson family will be joining us from back east so a lot of fun to be had and be excited for that on tomorrow's edition of the show have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this this has been the locked on cougars podcast for july 23rd 2020 we will talk to you guys tomorrow